transition to say thank you for all the work and efforts and we'll formalize that at the very end. But as you might see for us little church to coordinate all of the uh, sound and music and coordination, it's just a delight. Thank you for your work and thank you for your voice. We have an angel coming to church. <laughs> We've been all along uh, talking about during the Advent season the parallel between Jesus becoming human and, the, and as a baby being subject to all of the biology and all of the surrender and all of the inequities that go along with coming as a child. So this is what we've been kind of doing in the, a little ahead of myself. We've been asking this question all December, what child is this? And uh, just last Wednesday, I wanted to cover, uh, we covered to the, went to the embryo stage. I didn't recognize it either, but that's the picture in the upper right-hand corner of your screen of an embryo that has been conceived that it's on its way to be embedded into the wall of the uterus. I didn't know this what that was anyway, but I read the caption on Google and I got it from WebMD, so it must be true. That being said, it's the point of this uh, last week uh, during on Wednesday's message was that Jesus came and was uh, subject to the same biology that you and I were. The complexity of that biology is enormous and incredible, but it's even more complex and incredible considering that the divine was in there. I don't know how I can't wrap my mind around exactly what that looked like except for that it was there and that Christ was both human and divine. And essentially the, he would, the, the embryo is about to, in this picture, is about to settle into the uterine wall to become one with the mother but remain separate from her. Moms, you know more about this than I could possibly know. But nonetheless, the biology is stated as clear. Christ became one with us, but continuously remains separate from us. This is true not only from the plantation of the embryo, but onward. We began our journey saying, look, this is where life really began. There's lots of arguments in the court systems and in the culture about when does life begin. And I can quickly move away from all of those and wonderings about cells divisions and splitting and hearts beating. Life began when God knew me and he knew me before the foundation of the world. Life begins in God's eyes in eternity. And so it completely eliminates the question about when life begins. It began a long before I understood it. We took a look at how before he, he established life in Christ and in us, he sets an enormous amounts of information. I did a little bit of research to define the unfolding of the helix and the biology of what's found in each cell and chromosome. And the most amazing fact we uncovered was that if you took the double helix in each cell and took that information and spread it out one cell wide, it would go to Pluto and back six times billions of miles of information packed into our cells and ourselves and our bodies. This is what was in the Christ. This is what is in us in the process. And then lastly, last week we talked about the nature of conception. The key theme was you can't unconceive. Once an idea has been conceived, once life has been conceived, you can kill it, you can ignore it, you could send it to committee but the idea itself will continue to have influence and effect. This is true neurologically. It's certainly true of the nature of what happened when Christ was conceived. So this week, very quickly, I wanted to run through the first trimester and the umbilical nurture, which is ours. So I put out in the email, I have, running through a number of firsts this Sunday, 
I have never held a bluegrass cantata. Thank you for breaking that ice after 37 years of ministry. And by the way, it was, it's been beautiful and great. But I've never done that before. I've had a, an associate pastor in Minnesota who insisted we do a polka service. <laughs> so I've done polkas. And no, Jen, I'm not proposing polka service. That was completely Howie Crinky's idea. Certainly contemporary, certainly traditional, but never before bluegrass. I and mean, thanks be to God, bluegrass praises our Lord as well. And I've never used this phrase before either, that the grace of God, I've never ever gone here before, the grace of God is like an umbilical cord. <laughs> yes, it is, Art. It's like an umbilical cord. What do I mean by that? Well, it's all you need. That baby in the umbilical cord, as little as I know about this from what I read, all that baby needs is that lifeline. Such is the nature of it. So it's outside. Nutrition is filtered in the placenta. That all that serves as the word of God serves as the umbilical cord. That all the pollutants come into that mom and are filtered by the placenta. So the baby's nurturing is given as purity. That's what the body of Christ does. That's what we do as a congregation. That's what the word of God does. It filters out all the culture and information and leaves us with the pure word of God. Umbilical cord directs connect, is a direct connect from mom to baby. So we find that's what grace is. Grace is this direct connect. If you want to know God, you will know grace and his love. It's a direct connect. You don't have to go through the pastor, the priest, the person. It is a direct connect of God's grace and love and power intended for you. It's you receive without awareness of it. This is one of the things I enjoy most about this simile in Grand is that you get grace whether you're aware of it or not. By God's grace, and the most obvious example of that is, is uh, certainly the air that we breathe, right? You did not likelihood wake up in the morning going, thanks God for oxygen, for all of the plants which are generating and eating all that carbon. I mean, you may come across it in your fifth grade science. You may be reminded of it. I certainly was as my dad struggled with COPD issues and I was losing his breath. I became conscious of every breath we take, especially when I would visit with him. But normally, that's the way grace works. He's, he's always feeding us. He's always caring for us. He's always giving us the air we breathe in more than the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. Always giving us the power we need to make it through difficult and trying times. The love we need to nurture and especially love those who are unlovable. The finances we need to make it through difficult financial times, the patience we need and the struggles we need in relationship. It's always coming to us whether we're aware of it or not. The beauty of it is taking a deep breath and being aware of it is it elevates our conscious awareness of God. And so at any moment in time we can stop and say, wow, the grace of God is within me and around me. And it's rich in healing stem cells. And when you talk about the, or the, uh, the cord, I did a little bit of research to discover that cords are in the marketplace. People want these cords. They're full of stem cell rich healing blood cells. So is the nature of the grace of God full of those kind of cells. So the umbilical cord of grace, all our needs from creation, all our needs from redemption, all our needs for spiritual living, continues to come from that grace of God, that umbilical cord of grace, filters out our sinful natures and destructive tendencies and directly connects to the Father. This is what God had in mind when he gave us this rich healing love of grace and poured out Jesus Christ for us because essentially this is us. This is true. This was us at one point in time.
this could have been a picture of us or an animation of what we were doing and what the grace we were receiving through an umbilical cord. But it still is us. This is the grace of God which comes to us in this rich and powerful ways. It's why Christ came to make sure that that grace finds its way into the deepest parts of our lives, filters out the world's destructive tendencies and sinfulness, and continues to strengthen us along the way. That is what Advent is about. That awareness, that stopping and taking a deep breath so that when we arrive next week at Christmas Eve worship services, we are ready to understand, ready to accept, ready to celebrate the incredible power and grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. What child is this? He's the child that came as an embryo that was infinitely present, that was informationally rich, who came to us from conception, who continues to feed us in Jesus' name. Amen. Playing the Holy Family, the Herrera family shows us what that light looked like on that night. The beautiful baby Victor illustrating God's grace and his power. The Holy Family. This is what the light looks like in that past, in that distant past. But this is what it looks like today. God blesses and makes a family holy with this child who came to them. <laughs> 